Welcome to Unlock Your Magic, the podcast all about living authentically and doing life on your own terms. My name is Christine, I'm your host, and I invite you to come on a journey with me to discover what it means to live an authentic life, looking at the messy bits of how to get there, and hopefully picking up some tips and tricks along the way so that you can start living life as your truest self. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. Today's guest is Genevieve Marshall, who describes herself as a speck of stardust from the universe and multiverse, enjoying a brief yet magical experience on Mother Gaia. But really, she says she is just an ordinary human, no different than any other human, willing to share her ups and downs that even amaze her at times. On a more practical level, she is the author of a book called Unexpected Adventures, Stories of Travel, Surprises and Survival. Welcome, Genevieve. Oh, thank you. I am so excited. I have been dreaming of this day for the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful to be in your presence. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very excited to, t- to talk to you because it's, um, yeah, it, we've kind of connected um, through, again, Tommy and and your daughter, Rachel. So Rachel is your daughter. Uh, okay. A little bit of a reference point for, for people. But um, we really connected um, when you reached out and and shared your your experience of listening to actually her episode, and which was really beautiful to to listen to. And um, we've kind of had these magical exchanges, and it's it's so beautiful. And I can't wait to kind of dive in. And Perfect. maybe just um, tell us where you are now in terms of. Who do you think you are today and what makes you unique and you and authentic? And maybe a little bit about your journey of of where you've come from and how you got there. Well, I've had quite an extensive journey, you know, six decades in. <laughs> so I, when I was growing up, and I think all children are like this, you know, we look at our parents, we look at adults, and we think that they know everything, that they have all the secrets of the universe of life. And as I was growing up as a young child, I realized that they didn't have all the answers and questions that I asked as a young child, they could not answer to my satisfaction. And in saying that, um, you know, six years or 60 years on, it's been an epic journey of many difficulties. So my life has, from an outsider's point of view, it's been very beautiful, it's been wonderful, it's been magical, it's been easy. But very few people have wanted to get to know me. And so when they finally do, they realize that, wow, you've had it tough. It has not been easy. So I raised my daughter um, as a single mother uh, with very little help. And it has been (laughs) That's the challenging part, right? And then as a young child asking questions about life, about how do you how do you make it in the world when you are young? So when I was young, I was very overweight. Um, my nicknames were Porky Pig, uh, Chunky. I had all of these nicknames because I was very chubby. I love to eat. I still do. But I've been able to monitor that over the years. But when I was young, you know, it was just gain the weight because you're eating all the time. And I do have a propensity to be overweight. So as a very young child from, wow, six, seven, eight years old, I had all of these labels put on me, 
And that's what I thought. I didn't think I was, but people were constantly giving me those names, you know, like Porky Pig, get off the bus or, you know, hey, Chunky, can you run? And so at a young age, I had these quote unquote labels. So I never fit into any one group, but I didn't care. I don't know why I didn't care. I can't really tell you what that was about. Um, I think a lot of children, maybe in their youth, will say, I don't fit in. I want to be beautiful, like the blonde haired, beautiful, tall, skinny girl that gets all the attention. I didn't get the attention, but I love the not attention. <laughs> and I never tried to lose the weight to become somebody else. It was just I evolved over time. And going with your podcast of being your unique individual self is I always thought that my actions and my words, if I was happy with where I was at the time, even though it may have been difficult, I could be honest with myself. But that takes work, right? Because you want to fit in, you want to try and be part of a community, of a group. When you go to new schools, you want to try and fit in. And I definitely had my share of experiences of that. So when I was 10 years old, my family moved from Texas, where I was born, down to South America, to Brazil, first of all. And from then on, for the next eight years, I went to many different schools, many different languages, many different cultures. <laughs> and it was every two years moving into these new realms of how do you fit in, you know, what having to learn a new language. Um, and I never looked at it as a difficulty. I looked at it as a challenge. As I wanted to be a part of a group, and those who wanted me, fine. If they didn't, that was fine as well. And so full circle to where I am right now, it's still challenging. I think every day brings us challenges. However, I think if you look at your life and say, I am my unique self, I am speaking my honest truth for this current moment with this current person, and my actions speak louder than words, then I think you're being your positive, unique self. And so there's a little story I'd like to share with you that goes like this. You have two people standing back to back, and the question is posed to each one of them is what do you need to move forward in your life? And one person says, I need a boat. I need a life jacket. I need a couple of months of supply. And the person behind them is wanting to argue with them saying, no, we need ropes. We need hiking gear. We need boots. We need winter wear. And the person behind, so they want to have this argument. And the problem with that is, is the one person is looking out towards the ocean and the other person is looking at the mountain. They're in the same spot. Their yeah. point of view and their path are entirely different. But what it takes in life is you need to turn around to see their point of view. So it's not an argument, it's a discussion. And you can actually open your eyes to see, wow, I'm seeing the ocean. But if you turn around 180 degrees, you're now seeing their perspective. And that is for every day in life. And I think this is why people, when they have arguments, they want to push and press their point of view upon you. And they are being their genuine self. We don't think they are. We want to call them names. We want to say, 
you're wrong. And you want to have this lifelong discussion, argument. Um, you want to talk bad about them. Haven't we heard all that before? You talk bad about people behind their backs. You've never asked them their point of view. You've never wanted to take the time to turn around 180 degrees to look at their point of view and go, wow, you're right. <laughs> it's not that either one of you are wrong. It's just you need to take that time, right? Um, so I think in life, we definitely have our challenges. We all do. It's always difficult. Even on good days, you have to make choices. And you can find those happy mo moments of bliss, of happiness, and say, wow, I have finally connected with the quietness in my mind, which is what everybody yearns to do in meditation. You know, and meditation not being that part of sitting and doing the own with your legs crossed. That, that is wonderful, and it works for a lot of people. For me, it's being out in nature, walking around, listening to the birds, quieting my mind, listening to nothingness. There's no worries. There's no trauma. There's no fear. There's no anger. And all of that, those emotions that can come into your mind, because your mind and your brain are a chemical factory. <laughs> and so when you're in joy, when people say, oh my God, I'm just so happy, and they start crying because they hear a song, or they're just blissful because they've met up with a loved one, and they go, ha, ah, I'm just so happy, and they start crying. That is an emotion that is welling up in you because the chemicals in your body and your brain are expressing that pure joy. But the same is, you know, with the opposite. When you're in fear, it starts poisoning your system. And it's your body trying to tap on that door and go, hello, hello, you don't need to be here. But yet it manifests, all that fear, all that anger will manifest itself in your body. So for me, it's been aches and pains, especially in my knees and my feet and my back. Um, and we can go back into past trauma, you know, things that happened in my youth. Obviously, now that I'm 60, I'm feeling the aches and pains of dislocated knees, of joints, <laughs> you know, because it, it's just part of life, right? We can't avoid the aging process. But yeah, it's something I have to deal with. And so choices that I now make that I would not have made 20, 30 years ago, I'm a lot more cautious. I am now learning to say no. You know, I'm not going along with other people's, oh, you need to join us. We need to go do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know my limits because I do have all of these knee issues. And again, it's being my authentic self. It's saying and putting limits to what I am comfortable doing. Because I want to be able to walk and dance when I'm 80, 90 years old. That's still 30 more years. That's, it may not seem like a long time, but that's a lot of years. And when you get older, every day is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot more challenging. And I think just with the aging process, that is part of, you know, what we all go through. And I'm just now experiencing that. I didn't think about this five years ago when I was 55. And all of a sudden now it's like, oh my gosh, I'm really having to... <laughs> slow down, make better choices. I love hiking. I just can't do the big mountain ranges. Now I go on more flat terrain, but I'm happy. That's fine with me. And I'm not going to be pushed into, you need to go with the group. You need to go up to the top of the hill. No, I don't. I don't need to climb those stairs. 
and that's going back to the belonging part, right? Like trying to fit in. And I, I kind of, you know, and, and I know Brené Brown calls it belonging, the, the, the urge to belong. But at the same time, I do think you, you can find a sense of belonging um, with still keeping your boundaries and kind of saying, no, actually that's, you know, and, and adapt, right? And like, okay, well, in one phase of your life, you know, you may have a group of people that you feel like you belong to but that evolves and they may not, they may evolve in different, in different ways. So you may, you know, find a whole new kind of group that was like, oh, you know, I, I also kind of prefer, like I met, I met someone recently and we were talking about hiking and, you know, we were like, <laughs> we were like, yeah, we hate hiking with other people because we have short legs, which means like we have to like run up the, like, the, you know, other people are like run up the mountain and then they, they wait and then we have to kind of, you know, run up and then we are out of breath and then they're like okay we, we continue going now we're like wait a minute you've just waited 20 minutes i'm like we just haven't had a break so we're like <laughs> we hate hiking together so we're like i think we'd be good hiking buddies you know so it's it's finding those people that are in alignment with that right and and finding that we're like okay i don't need to explain absolutely and i think as you your whole life you do evolve you know friends from my childhood I'm still friends and communicate with them, but they're not part of my today, everyday life. And I think that's just part of our evolution of who we are as we grow and mature and find out who we are. Because I don't think when we're growing up, we're never given that opportunity. And so finding your genuine self, you know, when I was a child, this is a crazy story. <laughs> I went off to college and I decided that I wanted to go to Europe. My parents were just dying for us to not live in the States. They wanted us to go to Europe to have a broader, bigger experience of the world. And I arrived in France, in Paris, and my first morning, believe it or not, I found it odd that I could choose my own clothes. I'm 18, and I finally realized that for 18 years, I was never given the choice of what to wear. And that really bothered me. And I think at that point in time, I thought, wow, I have, I really need to find out who I am because I felt very, very uncomfortable choosing my own clothes for that day. I questioned myself, is this the right, you know, do I need to call my mother and ask her, does this look right? But I didn't realize it until I had left that environment. And I think that's what happens to all of us until we leave an environment, we think that this is what it is. And that's what parents do. You know, they raise their children wanting something better for them. They put, you know, they put in place all of these rules, which are good because children need boundaries. And once they leave the nest is when they start to explore and find out what they like. And then they start saying, oh, my parents did this, and this is what I think I'm supposed to do, but I've really never enjoyed that. Mm. Uh, for years, I used to make a beautiful Spanish dessert, and um, my parents never said anything. And one day, my father came up to me, and he goes, you know, I don't like that dessert. This was 20, 30 years later. I said, why did you never tell me? He goes, well, I'm telling you now. And so I think in everybody's life, we finally come to the conclusion that we can speak our truth. We don't have to bow down and behold to others to make them happy. Because I think we're always trying to make other people happy, right? Yeah. Um, 
And I think it's really when you turn around and you say, I want to be happy, but I also want to be that genuine, authentic self to tell others, I like it or I don't. It's not, you're not trying to hurt their feelings, but why should I do something because somebody else wants me to do it? If I'm not comfortable with it, I just don't want to do it. And so therefore I quit making that dessert for my father. <laughs> it was that simple, or I would make it and make something else for him. So I think we're constantly evolving in life. And, you know, it's kind of like conversations. And I know that I'm jumping all over the place, but I was thinking about this the other day of being your genuine self. And so you can have a conversation. So let's just take a sexual conversation. It's going to be so different with a child than with your husband, than with your parents, than with your girlfriend, than with your ex. It's the same topic, but you're being your genuine self, even though you're changing the verbiage in your actions mm. and the way you deliver that message based on who it is, because everybody needs to hear that message a little differently. Mm. So I think being your, being who you truly are and what you truly believe and think can change every minute of the day, <laughs> depending mm. who your audience is, depending on how you're feeling and who, what your experience has just been. Because as you grow and live in life, we're constantly changing our belief system. We're constantly changing our point of view. Again, we go back to standing at that same point mm. and seeing the ocean. If we turn around and we see the mountain, it's another point of view of that same aspect, of that same point. And it is growing. It's part of the human evolution of growing, right? Mm. What do you think then is the kind of, because obviously that is true, right? Like we, we deliver messages in a very different kind of way. What do you think maybe then makes the common denominator of staying true to yourself? Like what's that? I don't know what to call it, call it anchor, call it like, what is, what do you think makes that then that you're still, even though you're, you're slightly switching your point of view, you're slightly switching and turning and kind of like delivering the messages in a different way. What do you think makes you stay in your truth, though, and in your in your authentic self, despite having to shift and adapt? So what popped into my head when you said that, because I get a lot of visions um, mm. all the time. I'm a very visual person, and that's that sense of vibration. So a good point of view would be if if you hear something or you start feeling that little uneasiness about yourself and we all have that right you always get uneasy in different types of conversations or whatever if you can't speak and lower that vibration to a more comfortable place so when you speak if you're still feeling very unsettled then I think you're probably not wanting to speak your truth and we all have that I do that even nowadays because mm. you, know, you get in that uncomfortable situation where you don't want to have a argument with the person because they're not going to listen to you. And so what you do is instead of speaking your truth, you bow down and you just give in and you just say that, you know, you agree with the person, mm. and, but it's still uneasy, mm. but it's because you're wanting to keep calm that situation. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when I walk away, I, in the car, I'll be coming home and I'll say, why didn't I speak my truth? Why did I not say what I believe? 
and we always second guess ourselves. Mm-hmm. We always wish we could go back and say, I wish I could redo that. I wish I hadn't said whatever it was because we're too, we're, we're shooting before thinking, right? We're just kind of spouting out at the moment. And I think we've all had those moments, but yet for the moment and at that time, we were being our honest selves. But I think it's that uneasiness. I think if you're genuine, you're, you would be calm in what you say. You would stop, you would think, and then you would react and then talk. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I was, and I was just going to say that, actually. And, and, and for me, that's something that I've had to learn to do is to... Because it's for for me, it's it's all of that is is because we are basing everything on past experiences, right? We are always constantly referencing past experiences. So one thing that I started doing is I started to take pause and call pause as well, and kind of say, "Look, I need a pause. I can't continue this conversation right now. I need to kind of go away. I need to center. I need to process in order for me to come back to this and be." be my authentic self and I think that takes a lot in in terms of because we, we're not used to it we're always kind of like we always have to react in the in the in the, in the moment and we are so used to having to try and think we need to resolve things or and and we don't we don't learn the skills as kids to kind of say pause like just pause for a second like let me take a breath and like let's reconvene and like you know five minutes, half an hour, hour a day. And I think but I think that speaks to what you were saying in the sense of, yeah, that calmness, that kind of vibration is like, oh, okay, I can. And I've had a few situations in the last while where, and I call it being triggered, right? So, you know, in trauma kind of response, you kind of be called that being triggered. And I was like, okay, I have to take a pause. I have to take a step back. I can't have that conversation right now, even though I know the other person might want to have that conversation. But I'm very like, I'm learning to kind of then communicate and say, no, actually, I can't be a hundred percent true and real in this moment in time because I'm not operating out of my true self right now. I'm operating out of old programming and old conscious, uh, unconscious beliefs. So, I think maybe maybe that helps for listeners too. Is like, oh, I can press pause, and we can absolutely. It is, and I'm learning that just because. You know, I've had a couple of situations where family members, and they're the most difficult ones because you can't get rid of them, right? You still have to live with them or be with them. They're your bloodline, so they're not going away. Even though you erase them off of your your mind, they're still there. And they catch you off guard in the most unexpected moments. And that's what I'm having to learn to deal with is because when... It's a shock to the system. It's a shock to the person. And so even though that other person has been thinking about this attack, if you want to call it that, of coming to you to voice their opinion, force their ideas upon you, or make you change your mind, Mm -hmm. they've had time to think about it. Mm -hmm. You haven't. And so when that moment occurs, you're in shock. You don't know what to expect. You know, you could be in the kitchen cooking your favorite favorite meal and all of a sudden somebody comes from around you and hits you with you know a two by four and you're in shock you you see the stars dancing around your head you're trying to process the information that they have delivered to you which was not good it's not I they don't come in and say I love you (laughs) 
that would be nice. Now they come in with a huge attack. They come in with their armor. They come in with a, you know, this huge army, and they're ready for battle. And you're just standing there naked, exposed, and you don't know what to do. And this is what I have been trying to learn how to handle those situations. Because unfortunately, why I don't know, but I seem to have them in my life quite a bit. Mm. Um, not that I bring them on myself, but it's just because I think I'm so steadfast and have learned to stay steadfast in my way and be true to myself mm. and put my own boundaries down. People don't like that. And so they brew and they wait, they boil, and then they come and attack. And I'm at that receiving end. And so I'm just standing there wondering what in the world just happened? What did they just say? And in my head, I'm trying to process how did they get to that point? Like, what happened? Mm. And it takes me a while to calm down because I overreact. I love to just kind of block, <laughs> throw it out there because you're on the defensive, right? I mean, that's what you do. You throw your arms up, you protect your head, and then you're trying to find what weapons you can use around you, you know, which a lot of times are words. And strong, hateful words normally come out. And those are the wrong ones because they're not done out of love mm -hmm. and they're not done out of honesty. They're done out of protection. <laughs> you're protecting yourself, right? So you're trying to build this wall really quickly from all this attack coming in. And I've learned that I just have to take a deep breath and listen and ask them to repeat what they said. Why? Not ask them why, but say, I understand you're angry, and did I hear you correctly? And it's, oh, wow, it's like going to drama school. You have to create your own, you know, play and memorize these words and then play it in your head so that when that time occurs again, which unfortunately for me has, I've learned to diminish the anger that has come in. And it's not easy, you know, because you do feel like you're attacked. I mean, they're throwing these crazy ideas at you or, you know, why did you do that? And you don't like me and you've done this and that. And you're sitting there going, no, that's not what I did. But that was their interpretation of whatever action you took yeah. because you didn't agree with them. You didn't do what they said. Yeah. And it's again, the viewpoint, right? It's the same thing with like the two people standing back to back. It's like, oh, okay, that that's what they see. And it, it is interesting. I've had a similar experience the other day when, you know, my dad said something and I was like, I only took it this way. And he was like, well, I didn't mean it that way. I was like, okay, well, then next time say that. So, you know, like it's it's really interesting to kind of like, well, that's the, that's the way it, I received it. You know, and I think once we kind of started learning, it was like, like, how did you mean that? Rather than attacking, right? Um, you know, we're not always good with our words. No. I mean, there are many times I have not expressed myself. Words come out but that's not what I meant, or they take it a different way, or language gets in the way. You know, it's just like, you know, you're in Europe, I'm over here in the States, and a word can mean two totally different things, yep. and it's still English. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so when when people are speaking, I think if we reiterate and ask them to say it a different way, or even say, here's what I understood, yeah. versus going into the attack, but that, again, that's, that's part of life is learning that, is trying to understand if you want to have this beautiful, wonderful life that we still exist in, <laughs> you know, day to day. 
Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the part of the learning and the evolution of communication and, and, and getting clear of, oh, well, wait, what's happening within me and what's happening with the other person and kind of having that contact and, and having that meeting point. It was like, okay, well, where, and realizing where are they situated? Where am I situated? What lens am I looking through right now? Receiving. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because like you said, you know, with your, with the story of, of your clothes, it's like, oh, wait, th that I can make my own decisions. I can figure out. And it's, it takes time to figure out who we then really are and what kind of makes us tick because we take on all the stuff from our parents, our society, our school, our, everything. And it's, it's the undoing of that. I think what we're all now trying to do is like, okay, how much, how much of the, like, how much of my thoughts are actually my thoughts? How much of like, who is me underneath all of those things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think every day we learn who we are, mm. you know, as a child, you have one set of values because you're learning to fit into different groups. You're going to school, you're doing what your parents tell you to do. And then you move into that next stage of life, which is young adulthood, where you can start making your own decisions. You're now maybe living on your, you know, by yourself or with other friends. You're going to school and then you're finding a job. Maybe you're meeting somebody, getting married, having children. And then you move to the next phase of now you're an adult and you're a parent. And there is no book that comes with children. <laughs> and every person has to raise that child or children based on their past experience. You know, so for me, because I was... There were so many rules. There were so many guidelines. Again, going back to the dressing, I didn't realize that I had been told what to wear every day of my life until I left. You know, I did the opposite for my child. I allowed her to pretty much express her own ways, express and show what she wanted to be, who she wanted to be, how she wanted to dress, what kind of food did she want to eat. I allowed her to make choices. So I went the total opposite. But I think all parents do that, you know, in some way, shape or form. And then, you know, as you get older, which I'm on the other end of the spectrum now, it's caring for my elderly mother. And it's a whole different, you know, I'm now her mother. She calls me mother. She calls me her mother. <laughs> because that's what it is. I'm caring for her. You know, she's frail. She can't do as much as she used to. And it's a different dynamic. It's a difficult dynamic. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it, it's choices that we make every day but it's life that is evolving it's constantly evolving so it's moving with those changes and trying yeah. to be patient so what has helped you then on that journey and what helped you like what helped you navigate that and help that evolution like what any processes any tools any yeah how, how did you navigate those things well, navigating most of it has been, so there's one unique thing about me is I've never had a fear of anything. I don't know where that came from. Um, I'm not like anybody else in my family. Like everybody there questions what to do. So I was a tomboy when I was young. I was always climbing the trees, taking adventures. And my parents did not like that because they never knew where I was. <laughs> you know, if they wanted to know where I was, they go look in the tree or up on the roof of the house. Um, so now, you know, trying to, I'm still, I still have that no fear in me, but I've had to learn how to calm myself down 
before it was, I want to do 101 things at one time. And that's just who I am. I'm a Sagittarian. So I constantly want to be on the go doing different things. And now I can't. So for many different reasons. And I've had to learn how to calm myself down. So with the guidance of a couple of people in my life, I have learned to just breathe. <laughs> and I say breathe, we all breathe. But when you learn to breathe, it takes on a whole new meaning. And it's feeling the breath coming through your nose, down around your head, down into your lungs, holding it, and allowing that breath to feed you and then to exhale it out. And it's really sitting in the moment, which then gets to the meditation portion, which is, again, I've, I've meditated, I do a lot of meditation, and it's to calm my system down because I was always high vibration. I was always this, if you got around me, you could probably feel the tsunami waves just exploding out of my body because that's what it was. I was always thinking of 101 things I had to constantly, I have to finish, I have to accomplish something in my life. I never thought I would live to be 60. But here I am. I'm 60. I don't feel it. And Oh, look it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I've had to really sit with myself. So I've been able to slow time down. And in doing that has been a really interesting journey of I now see and experience life in a very different fashion. I'm a lot calmer now, like with people that come and attack me with their words. I'm now much calmer there. I just can sit, think about it, and then either approach the subject a little calmer versus being on the attack. But then in my daily life, I'm much calmer. So two years ago, I wrote a book. I never, I, I'm not a reader. I'm not a writer. I wouldn't say I'm good at either one of those, reading or writing, because I'm very impatient. I start reading a book, and then I just start flipping the pages and get to the end. And all of a sudden, I found myself writing a book. And it was just so enlightening, because I had taken the time to slow down and to realize that I just want to do this for myself. It's not for any monetary benefit. It's not for anybody else. It's just because I want to share my stories, which are very unusual, of my travels. And I didn't realize until I wrote my book how different I was from everybody else. And again, it's, you know, you live in that environment every day of you just think that your belief system and your day-to-day -day life is what everybody else's is. And it's really not. We are all unique. We all have wonderful, amazing stories. And it's kind of like they say, judging the book by its cover. Don't ever do that because there are amazing, magical moments inside that book that are that person. If you just allow them to express themselves, you will find out what an amazing journey in life they have had. Um, so I wrote this book and I was just, it was so difficult. <laughs> I think I wrote a book. That sounds wonderful. It was the most difficult thing in the world. I nearly threw my computer out the window five times. I told my husband, I'm giving up. I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. This is stupid. Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to enjoy it. And then I had to sit back with myself and say, I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing it because it's just something I want to do. Mm. And so I had a beautiful message from a friend of mine that her husband, who was passing, um, they were in the hospital. And she, 
she came up to me the other day and she said, you know, I started reading your book to him while he was in the hospital bed. And one of the stories perked him up like he got really happy. He was joyous. And she said, you made his last days wonderful because he loved the stories of your journey. And I was like, I touched one person that was worth writing that book because his final days were listening to my stories. You know, I could not have written that. (laughs) I could not have planned that. Wow. And I think we all have that, you know, so you go back to your original question is my journey. How did I get here? It was just learning for me particularly because I was always in this chaotic ocean wanting to ride every wave. I've Mm -hmm. learned to settle down and be at a beach where the waves just lap the sand and enjoy every one of those moments. So I've learned to calm that turbulent sea down, (laughs) but that was me. Yeah. And it's been a journey because it's not easy to calm the mind down. Mm. Oh my gosh, sit and just try and have no thoughts for a minute. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Even after all these years, I still can't do that. It's like, no, 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 just, I see that thought and I say, no, just keep going down the river. I see you. Mm. I know, I know you want to have a conversation with me, but I'm not ready. And you just let it go. Mm. That takes work. Yeah, constant, like millisecond work, you know, like I think when people think, oh, I just sit down for a minute and meditate. Oh, a minute is very long. You try and meditate. Minute is like eternity because like then you only start seeing what your monkey mind is doing and all the thoughts that are like, no, 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 I'm trying to like quiet them. No, they they get louder and louder and louder. And but like you just said there, it's like just kind of like, okay, like I see you. Like if I need to pick you, I always kind of have the image of like, I'm going to put you in that box over here. If I need to pick you up later on, I will. But if not, you can also kind of, you know, but I like the visual of the river. It's like, just just move along swiftly and just keep keep moving. Um, yeah, because when you, just like with life and people, with your thoughts, the more you ignore them, the louder they get. Yeah. So we go to this old adage. I lived in Georgia for many years. And in the South, we have a lot of used car salesmen. And we used to joke all the time that the advertisements for used car salesmen, they are shouting at you on the TV. But yet when you see an ad for Mercedes or Lexus, it's very beautiful, calm, and soothe talking. Mm. There's something to be said about that. And that goes the same with your thoughts, you know. The more you ignore them, the louder you get until you can just acknowledge them and say, I see you, I hear you but I'm not ready for you. Yeah. And that's the lesson I've been learning. <laughs> it's a difficult one. Or maybe not even like I'm not ready for you, but also it's like I'm no longer listening to you because you've been telling me lies Ooh. all the time. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that. Oh, this is why I love your podcast because they make <laughs> me think so much or see, again, a different point of view. Oh, okay. I like it. Especially with, the, as I, I find that especially with the ones that are repetitive. Right, the 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 our thoughts that are repetitive. That's always an indication for me. It's like, okay, you're probably a liar. Like, if I've li- if I've not listened to you until now, there's no point in listening to because you're probably just a lie. And like, I think ninety nine percent of our thoughts are lies because they're kind of keep perpetuating and trying to keep us safe. Right? I think they're, they're just oh, absolutely. there to keep us safe. It's like, well, we know this scenario, so. We've done this in the past, so let's just do that again, even though part of us may know that 
that's no longer healthy for us and that's no longer serving us. So for me, that kind of helped was like, I now, especially when you have like intrusive thoughts or kind of those repetitive thoughts, they're like, you know, you're not worthy and you're, you know, you're not good at this or all of these thoughts. I'm like, yeah, no, I see you. I hear you. And I, I always, always use the analogy of the you're allowed to be the passenger from from uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. You'll be allowed to passenger in the car, but you're not allowed to touch the radio. You're not allowed to touch the steering wheel. You're not allowed to touch the, you know, gear stick. So I see you, I hear you, you can come along for the ride, but I'm still going where I'm going. Um, so yeah, but I like the I like the whole kind of river analogy because it's really like, oh, it's just flowing and they come in and out. If we don't go and run away with the stories that they're trying to tell us. Oh, absolutely. It's funny when you mention that about, oh, your little story there. It reminded me of a movie that I watched recently. Um, it's called Runaway Bride with oh, Julia yes. Roberts. <laughs> and I found it so intriguing. I don't know why. Again, you know, certain things in life just kind of jump out at you individually. But what caught me on that movie was when the reporter who ends up marrying her in the end he asked all of the old fiancés mm. who were left at the altar yes. how did she like her egg yes i remember that and i'm like why in the world is he asking that question as everybody else did you know what a strange question and with her character just like with me with my childhood not knowing what to wear mm. She liked everybody else's eggs. Mm -hmm. She was agreeing with them. You know, does she want them scrambled or poached or whatever? It was what whoever she was with was yeah. how she liked them. Where in the end, she ended up trying all of them and found the ones that she liked. Mm -hmm. So she found her true self. But I think that's the voyage we all are on is taking those chances and experimenting and not going along with what everybody else says we need to. It's mm -hmm. like, what is it that you really do like? And I think even now, I'm trying to figure out in my life, and this is a really odd, <laughs> I'm still not, I haven't found the answer to this, but my husband said, you know, when the time comes, when we can move and travel a bit more, where do you want to go? And I can't answer that. Mm. And I'm having a really tough time with it because my life has changed. Physically, I have changed. I'm not able to move around like I did 10 years ago. And because I've traveled so much virtually on the internet in the last three years, <laughs> I feel like I have seen the world. Mm. And so right now I say, there is really no place I really want to go. I love being home. And if people who have known me in the past would to hear me say that, they would think I've gone crazy. They're like, <laughs> what has happened to you? What? Like, that's not who you are. But it is who I am right now. I was just going to say, it, it feels like you've come home. Yeah, pretty much. It's such an odd thing. Like, there is no place I want to jump and go visit. Yeah. I'm yeah, saying really honestly awesome. at the moment, and I've traveled quite extensively too. And, you know, I'm like, now, actually, at the at the moment, I'm really content and happy where I am, and I don't want to go anywhere. Uh, it doesn't draw me anywhere, and I think that there's something said for that. Um, because maybe it's also the the constant search and the seeker. Because it sounds like you're you're you've been a seeker of knowledge, a seeker of wisdom all your life as well, questioning your, even the the adults 
from a very young age was like, well, that's not a satisfactory answer to me. So let me let me go off and, and learn more about that. And I think maybe going inwards and kind of saying, well, actually, I don't need to look outside. All the knowledge and wisdom is just in here, inside. And I just have to listen and be quiet enough to do that. That is true. I think the answer that I disliked the most when I was growing up was because I said so. Oh, God. And that never set well with me, ever. Oh, no. And I said, I'm asking a question. I want an answer. And because I said so does not cut it for me. <laughs> and I would have these arguments with adults. Mm. I wouldn't call them arguments. Well, at the time, yes. Because I would pressure and pressure and just saying, I need an explanation that I don't understand. That's why I'm asking the question. And they could not answer me. And that was when I started thinking, maybe they don't know. Because, mm. yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't um, possibly kind of admit that they don't know. Because that's a really, that's a really, that's a really, I think, evolutionary advanced thing to kind of do and kind of say, actually, I have no idea, but let me find out. Oh, there you go. Right? Like, yeah. I think from an evolutionary point of view, that takes a lot to be able to kind of say, put your hand up and say, actually, I don't know. And you know what? I oh, think, yeah. I think the more people have that and they're like, well, I, they, there's very little that I do know. Like, Absolutely. I know that I'm going to die. Yes. That's probably the, like, I know that I'm going to take another breath for now. And I think that's the only, that's the only thing we really know that we are eventually going to leave the planet. Everything else? What do you take with you? I mean, you don't take anything with you. And that's one thing, having experienced death around me at a young age, that was a very telling sign to me was, again, me being visual, is this person has just left. And they took nothing that was earthly with them. Mm. And what they have left behind is just this wonderful, immense, beautiful existence of memories and I thought that's what my life needs to be our memories so I have another funny story that just popped into my head um learning how to quiet myself down and so I've been a a photographer my whole life I'm not a professional by any means but I love photography I love I used to study National Geographic to understand why did they pick that picture and I would tear it apart (laughs) that was my University of Photography. And I started during our our lockdown, I started taking a lot of videos and photographs of the animal life in our backyard, which we have a lot here in the desert. And one day I was sitting out there and I ran for my camera because there was some bunny rabbits and a coyote out there. And I was like, oh, the coyote's going to go have dinner or whatever it was. And I went to run for my camera and the voice inside of me said, you don't have to document everything. Just watch, enjoy, experience. Hmm. And for me, that was very unsettling because my initial instinct was what was ingrained in me. Run and get your camera and go document it because everybody will love to see this unusual activity in your backyard. But yet the voice in me said, no, you don't have to do that. And I actually listened. Mm. And that was a big pivotal moment for me was learning how to stay still, watch, experience, Mm. and enjoy what was around me. 
because I couldn't go anywhere except for my backyard. <laughs> and that was really, that was a sign for me that I enjoyed it just as much as moving around and taking photographs of all these places I had been in my past. Mm. And there's no de denying that I do like going back and looking at my pictures because I do have some amazing memories and I get to relive a lot of those. Mm. But right now it's, I don't have to document. And that was, for me, that was a huge turning point, mm. which I didn't think of, you know, until months and months later. It's like, wow, I haven't reached for my camera. I don't walk. I, when I take my walks, I don't take my phone with me anymore. Mm. It's quiet solitude, just me and my surroundings. Someone said to me, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was, I'm taking mental image. Oh, there you go. Memory. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. So uh, all of the things that we've talked about, is there one thing that kind of stands out to you to maybe pass on to our listeners to kind of say, if you do one thing, like start there? Oh, to do one thing. I really think it's just to... Be content with who you are and don't try and force others to be anything else than who they are. And that takes a lot of work because there's a lot of people in life that we are that we gravitate towards. And there's a lot of people that just we just don't jive. Our frequencies and our vibration just don't mesh. And that's okay. You don't have to like everybody and not everybody has to like you. And that's a huge thing for me is for somebody just to be happy with themselves because they will then attract the people who are supposed to be attracted to them. They will be their friends. And if you have 10 friends in your life, that's fine. You don't have to have hundreds of friends because those other people may not be genuine. They may be there seeking something that they want from you mm. and it's a give and take there is no actually there is no giving and taking it's just enjoying the experience together mm. I, I think that would be my big thing is learn how to enjoy and be yourself mm. and it takes work and it's not easy <laughs> by yeah, absolutely so where so i know you have your instagram account where you actually share all your meditation visions and i'm always fascinated by them it's just so amazing of what you, you draw them so she draw you know you draw your your um visions that you see in your meditations which is fascinating to to observe and i'm sure you look back eventually and you're like oh maybe that's what that meant eventually you know um so uh, where can people find you on that so on Instagram, it's called Meditation Visions. I think you're going to have it in your link. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that into the into the show notes. And also the book, um, The Unexpected Adventures, um, we'll link into, into the uh, show notes as well. And obviously that can be got on Amazon. I don't know. Probably. Oh, well, thank you. But yeah. Yes, it is on Amazon. Yes. Perfect. So yeah, thank you so much for taking out the time. It was such well, a pleasure and enriching conversation. Thank you. That was unbelievable. It went by way too fast. I know. Always does. Always does. Every single conversation is like, we could just keep talking. Can I just keep talking? Because I have the privilege of talking to amazing human beings. And that's just beautiful.
Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. This was a very, very big pleasure for me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. If you like this episode, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. These small actions help us immensely since we are an independent podcast without any sponsorship. See you next time.